sir. Can I have a look at that business section? The stock? Thank you. What you got out of that? I did. I'm just curious. It's been almost a week. I want to check it out. Six points? It's up six points. <laughs> Told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Look, Vanessa, of course the market fluctuates. Everybody knows that. I just got fluctuated out of $4,000. Alex and the King of Chill now present to you the greatest podcast of all time. This is the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. I may just, I'm, I may just use that. Guess what? That's 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 the intro now. That's the oh, intro. Oh yeah, and then we've, and then we've, we've, start, gonna, we've started the show. We're gonna cold open from here. Yeah, we've just started the show. I'm Alex Lee. Uh, I guess I'm C.J. Ward. God, goddamn. All right, let's go. You got put on the spot. I said I need a new intro, and you said okay. Here's your new intro. <laughs> so uh, we are talking the stock tip today. You're lucky I already Season... have my notes open. <laughs> Season five finale. Season five finale. Season one finale. Episode five. Episode five. One oh five. Shortest shortest television uh episode order in T V history of just four. Taken from two hours of Bob Hope specials and we got four episodes of Seinfeld out of it. This is the last one of that. And uh yeah, Jerry's gonna buy a little stock today. No, th- th- this is a good one. I think we definitely end on a good note. I think the I think this episode is a great bookmark for what the season quote unquote season was and what the show is. Ah, agreed. I think it um agree I agree 100%. I think it ends in a way that you kind of want a season finale to end. Um, you know, no especially with a sitcom, you don't need a cliffhanger on a sitcom. You, you don't need to tease what's coming up. Yeah, it's just not serialized. Nice... It's just a show. Yeah, just give me a nice just give me a nice thing to make me want to look forward to more. So uh, we should just jump right in, and uh, right off the bat, we get a very dated joke in the stand-up. Uh, but he is wearing a very snazzy jacket and tie, yeah, which we've seen before. I dig the tie a whole lot, and yeah, this joke was just kind of eh. I mean, you know, smoking inside, you know, you're talking about cigarette butts on the table, that's not something you see anymore. Check at the end of the meal, I mean, nowadays, you know, I, I guess especially... In our current situation, nobody's going out. But even in general, as technology is overtaking every part of our lives, you can just pay for the check. You don't even have to ask for it anymore. There's tablets on the table. You just swipe your car. You never have to see the server. Um, oh, God. I, I like the bit of uh, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Like, you're not paying attention to the money. You're like, yeah, I want that $42 steak. I don't care. Yeah. Bring it to me. I'm hungry. That's that's where I always get caught up with, like, the appetizers. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want the chips and guac. I want the chips and queso. I want the empanadas. You know. Do you exclusively eat at Tex-Mex and Spanish restaurants? I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I am in the DFW area. It is kind of hard for it to not be Tex-Mex related around here. Even the Chinese food places here have Tex-Mex items. Uh, I miss it. I think there's a sushi place by you. They've got like a Tex-Mex sushi roll, which is pretty funny. I, I would uh, love to find it and try it. Uh, I think it would have been a more interesting take if he would have talked about, uh, I, and I like this TV trope. I think it's, it's, it's funny and silly. When you have multiple people at a dinner, and the way that they split the bill, 
Uh, there's always that one person that's like, I'm going to order a water and a salad, and everybody else can just fuck off. I'm not paying for their steaks and their <laughs> wine. And they always get roped into paying for the steaks and the wine because one person's like, oh, no, the restaurant will split it for us. Don't worry about it. I think that's a funnier joke than this, to be honest with you. I, I mean, do. These are both tropes, but. I do. Damn it. And now, and now that we're talking about it, 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 it does kind of make it a little bit more funnier to me. <laughs> I do like the the joke where it's like uh, you know the person that's always like ah, is this right you know obviously these numbers printed out by the computer can't be right can you take a look at this yeah did we really spend this budget? we definitely got overcharged how did we get overcharged did you work the restaurants of wine did we order? always out to get them always I I know in my days as a server I would secretly you know ring up whole bottles of wine on the wrong table <laughs> hoping that they would be unsuspecting when I dropped off their bill. I mean, it's it's kind of silly. Is this right? I mean, I've had, I definitely have had people question the bill before and ask to see a menu to see if it was the right price. It's like, I, I guess in a real life situation, I guess I have dealt with somebody who was like, I don't think I understand this bill. And it's like, dude. It was on the menu when you ordered it. How did you not realize you ordered the $47 steak and not the $17 one? There's, like, a big difference there. But, hey, man, if you want to waste my time, you know, all my other tables, they don't care. They don't mind me going over your bill item by item with you. Either way, I'm getting my money, sir. Exactly. Um, in this uh, first scene, we... Uh, we get to we get to see Jerry and George in a booth. Light the scene, light the scene like we talked about before. Um, you know, it being in the middle of the diner and what have you. But mm, I right behind the cashier. I do like that if we're not going to do the classical, what tends to be the what what ends up being the classical booth scene. Um, I do mm. like when they kind of go off to the other side by the window like this. Uh, later on, when like George goes celibate, you see him over here studying. There's yeah, um, I think yeah. I think in uh, the Bizarro World episode they go over to this booth at one point. Like I like this area as kind of like a side area in the diner. So even though we didn't get an outside exterior shot of you know the classic Tom's restaurant in neon, I think this is one of the first references, not by name, but like we can see uh, in a shot you get Monk's Cafe on the window um now correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure this is the first instance that we have seen that this place is called monks because we've got no exterior shots still um, i'll have to go back and uh listen to previous podcasts because i off the top of my head can't remember a particular scene yeah um now there is uh also another first in this scene we get our first superman reference ah i do have that I've got that. Yeah. Talking about is Superman funny? Um, is he? I uh, I I agree with George on this. Either you're Superman. you're born yeah. funny and then you're just funny or you're not funny. I don't Superman think there's dull as shit. <laughs> I don't think there's there's anything with sun rays or anything that would make him super funny as Jerry states. I'm I'm definitely on on George's side of the trial here. Agreed. I've, I've, I'm not like a Superman expert, but I've, I've seen enough to know that that man just does, he don't, he don't make jokes. He don't make jokes. Uh, gosh, I guess we should, the, 
the the big joke in this all. So first of all, Elaine, looking fine, looking oh, fine. Fringe jacket, Jackson Hole, Wyoming shirt. Just definitely nineties fringe. Nineties. Yeah, yeah, nineties fringe jacket all the way. I I love it. Um, gangly earrings. She's wearing dark shades. The wall of hair. Beautiful. Find out. Find out that that she was on to it all before Blackfish, and she said, "Uh-uh," on the tuna. Oh right. Oh, this is this this is great, George, right here. I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit because this is sort of the end of the scene, but I definitely love the tuna conversation where Jerry, you know, trying to be the friend, you know, the even Stephen appeaser of everybody. He's like, fine, I'll change it. And then George, the just complete opposite of like, I don't, I don't care. All the tuna. I don't care about the tuna. I'll eat the tuna. You care about the tuna? Don't eat the tuna. More tuna for me. Just classic, George. Great. Uh, real good personality. Great setup and alley oop. Great, mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, Elaine and Jerry also really good in this scene. They had a nice little banter back and forth between Robert the cat guy and Vanessa. Right, yeah, just that little back and forth. She gives it back to him the way that it, it uh, the way he kind of you know correct not corrected but sort of um, she just she gave it back to him the same way he. Uh, was sort of snarky towards her. You serve, uh, I get... volley. You serve, I volley. Yeah. So this is our second Elaine boyfriend. Both, uh, mm-hmm. both have occurred off screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, both occurred off screen. And Jerry, as we realize, is now, or not now, but is still dating Vanessa from the stakeout. I think this is a big revelation. Now, this is something that they really don't do a lot of in the future, at least in that sort of mysterious, like, oh, yeah, that's still happening. Like, they'll give you a legitimate ending to a girlfriend storyline. But from what I gathered on the notes about nothing, uh, Larry David, you know, kind of noticed that, hey, we never sort of wrapped up that Vanessa storyline. So let's just bring her back at the end of this first season. And this could be something that Jerry can... You know, he can go off with her. We don't have to go through the whole ordeal of introducing a girl or anything like that. And definitely that um, that that sense of continuity kind of kind of sticks with the show, kind of from from here on out too. Uh, probably not not as much until like third season or so. But like, mm-hmm. the, you do kind of see here that they hey. They care a little bit about what's going on within this universe that they built. Truth, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one, one more quick little note about Vanessa. Um, I found it interesting being out here in Maryland. The actress is from Maryland. Oh, so. nice. Yeah, and that the there's another little take I have. I'll come for full circle a little later. Um, uh, that I just found uh, just interesting. Just these little. Things you pick up, not really directly related to the show, but just how they interact with our whole lives. Uh, I liked how we did get another reference of Elaine's apartment being the actor's studio uh, with her... Call back to, previously, to the roommate. Yeah, to, to the Ethel Merman joke, um, uh, which I was proud to, you know, spread some Ethel Merman love on Twitter the other day. That was pretty fun to do when I was talking. I was promoting the show, and I was like, we're going to talk some Ethel fucking Merman. <laughs> and I happened to misspell her name in the uh, tweet, so... Did Sorry, you Jake. did you delete it and then, and then retweet it, or did you just... Twitter you needs... You want to hear the embarrassed? 
Twitter needs to change that. Like, like I need to be able to edit my tweets. You want to hear the embarrassing part? What? I caught I caught it, corrected it, and then when I went back like an hour later and I was scrolling through my timeline, I realized I used her name twice. So I only corrected that first misspelling. So technically her name is like spelt two different ways in that tweet. But <laughs> yeah, uh, just outing myself as a terrible uh, editor and uh, I'll probably just cut this out anyway. <laughs> eh, well, well, you know, you try. So, uh, I'm sure she appreciates the sentiment. Someone's paying attention. Well, I guess she's dead. So, I mean, somebody's... Well, I mean, still, it's 2020. We, sh- we shouldn't... We, we, we need Ethel Merman talk still in 2020. Keep her alive. Um, so before we move on, we do actually have to get to uh, the whole crux of this first scene, and that is the stock tip. Um, we... You know, Jer- George has a guy, and um, he's got a new – he's got a tip about some new way of televising opera. Syntrax. And this is basically insider trading, right? Um, I was going to say it's basically Mark. I was going to say it's definitely Mark Cuban um, streaming and selling to Google. But then yes, but yes, this or I, I guess sound to Yahoo. But yeah, th- this is insider trading. Well, that's why they're being so mysterious about. It. That's why he's telling them to come in closer. Yeah, because coming in closer makes it less illegal. <laughs> well, less people to know about the illegalness. I think the uh, I think the most apt metaphor for this like whole scene and situation storyline is the fact that the wall behind George in the cafe is just filthy. Uh, it looks like somebody sprayed like a Coca-Cola on it, and he's over there, you know, being greasy, talking about, you know, if we get in a little bit early, he'll tell me the exact time. It's just a greasy, you know, shady thing to be doing. Uh, I just, I, when you see the dirty wall behind George, you, you almost kind of think, yeah, this is weird, this is wrong, they shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and then the scene ends with the tuna conversation and George, you know, being a dick. Um so we move on to the next scene, and Jerry, after a date with Vanessa, decides, I need to stop by the corner store and buy some cereal. Is this is this something that happens in your everyday life, Colin, where you go on a date, and then you feel the need to you know, run down to the corner store to get your breakfast goods? No, but we're also not, not walking everywhere blocks at a time. Maybe it's a little different where it's like, oh, yeah, on my way back to where we're walking from, this store is here. You know, maybe the the geography or the region kind of has to do with with that but no i i don't think that upon date <laughs> not even when you're you're riding back home and uh you pass by that little bodega that we uh definitely enjoy going to you're not like oh, i need to run in there and grab something you know, uh... grab me a little a little energy cookie or a little protein cookie or you know some scratchers or something well you know, sometimes sometimes that actually does need to arrive you know if the two of us are feeling some type of way. Sometimes I do need to stop in there and pick up a little package for my package. You know, you feel? I think I am picking up what you are putting down, sir. Um, have you ever dealt with uh, the rude movie people where you give them, like, the half turn? Or are you somebody that just tells somebody to shut the fuck up? Oh, no. I'm definitely... I'm petty... So like I give um a bunch of turns, like like I damn near hit every angle, uh, 
on a protractor before I finally say something. But they definitely will know enough times that I know they know that I know that they're talking <laughs> before that I eventually have to say something. Yeah, I'm not above just turning around and being like, "You wanna, you wanna shut the fuck up." Well, uh, well, you've I've had, had you've had the the pleasure of working at a theater in your lifetime, so. And never have I been more poorly treated as a human being. Um, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Treat Be your nice theater people your better. Movie th- treat theater employees better. Like we're there because we actually enjoy it. And we want you to have a good time. And they enjoy you know, movies say, too. That's that's hey, why they're there. When you can't do that, just listen to us. Like I don't care that you spent thirty seven dollars. I don't make the ticket prices. Um, when you when I mean, you I sneak in up, your like, beer and it and it. It, it, it drops down and explodes everywhere. Be courteous. At least pick up the can. Yeah, right. Oh, man. I cannot tell you. I mean, I have story upon story of all of those, like, you know, Girls' Night Out movies and just the bottles of wine and the boxes, those small little individual boxes. Good Lord. It's just like I could care less if you drink in my theater. I really don't care. You're you're of age. Do what you want to do. Just throw, just throw your trash away. Uh little off topic there um (laughs) what um so jerry and vanessa are discussing their relationship yeah you know this this kind of bugs me because like i don't he talks about how he enjoys his like or he enjoys like the phases of the relationship or like he enjoys phase two which he says is like um Oh God! What are some of the examples that he uses for phase two? It's like the isn't it like walking around naked, increased phone calls, the presents get better. Yeah, so out of the countless girls that we see Jerry date, you know, in this show, I think we have a pretty good summation of how maybe even some previous relationships in Jerry's past has gone. I don't know if he ever really truly gets to phase two. So how does he enjoy it? Maybe he enjoys we getting the phase there at two. Least, we, we, I can't think of once where he actually, like, based on that criteria of actually getting a phase two. Um, I, I, I can think of another example where things sort of move pretty quick, uh, all for the sake of a dry cleaning discount. <laughs> but, yeah, he definitely doesn't get to phase two quite often. Um, I just think he's just not a commit. I mean, he's, I don't want to say he's a committophobe, but... The show is all about, you know, the single life in New York City almost, and we're not going to see these self-involved, you know, selfish people really provide a lot to a relationship. Like, everything they provide to a relationship comes from sort of a selfish point of view. And uh, what can I get out of this? You know, Jerry's talking about presents and walking around naked. That's a dude thing. You know what I mean? Like, dudes... Love better presence and walking around naked. You know what? What? What is Vanessa's version of phase two? What? What? What would be by definition? What would she want out of that part of the relationship? But uh, Jerry's just got to be jokey, talking about Marlon in Vermont and all this kind of stuff. And even Vanessa's pretty hesitant at first before she finally decides to, uh, you know, go in on that. Sorry, I was trying to think of, an, of a way to come up with another cow somehow. In this, uh, I've been wanting to say another cow for for some for some time to try and tie tie the the, the dry cleaner discount to the chick from Twister 
and then bring that back around to the dry cleaning discount scene here. <laughs> but I, I could not arrive before you called it back to me, and for that I apologize. <laughs> ah, it's all right, brother. Uh, I get I, I I get what you were going for there. Um, one quick little uh, like production note: a la carte in the background. If you notice, there's a sign. Um, it says something about like a salad or whatever he whatever you were want to purchase a la carte. Cart is spelt wrong. Um, I believe they spelt it without the e, and it's supposed to have the e or vice versa. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. Uh, I just I just know it was spelt wrong, and that's what I wrote down in my notes because I was like, ah, did, I love a good production fuck up. Did they have the price for a big salad? No, because the big salad doesn't come from the bodega. The big salad comes from monks slash toms. Ah, uh, you're right. Uh, I had the wrong scene in my head. <laughs> Sorry, the whole uh, the whole twister setup and everything got my head all kind of topsy turvy. I'm back with you now. I'm back with you. Uh, well, back with us, uh, we are at Jerry's apartment now. Uh, we, we, we're just kind of all over the place, three scenes in, we're in three different locations. This world that, you know, we're in is now, you know, it's expanding and, and we're going to have to get used to, um, where all these places are going. Uh, and the man child that Jerry is, he's using a little toy car to map his little route out to Vermont with his lady friend when Kramer comes in. Uh, this would be Kramer entrance number eight. Fantastic shirt. Want that shirt. Yeah. Need that shirt. You think he was buying that down at the thrift store, the little retro store? Probably, but uh, that's a good pickup. Uh, Kramer, in this scene and in the whole episode, it just shits all over Jerry. Oh, he um, takes such satisfaction of the stock going down. And I think that's that gives you a little bit of like who these people kind of are is, you know, Jerry probably isn't hurting for money, put a little bit of money into a stock and he's losing it. Kramer knows that it's not going to, you know, break this guy's bank. So it's kind of funny to see that he got in on some scheme and it's all filled with junk bonds and <laughs> and all of that. So he definitely he definitely delights in seeing Jerry, you know cringing and 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 not doing so well uh my biggest takeaway from this scene is kramer went to a rock concert yeah yeah all right all right just it it struck me as just very just you know they have that whole banter about back and forth of can, can they use your bed they're anarchists jerry like uh, that it, that really cracked me up so much to the point where i had to go and see what show Cosmo Kramer went to. Now, we tried this before with the basketball games, and we could kind of sum up that there were some things that were kind of like it in real life, but it didn't quite match up. Did did, did anything really try and match up here? Not, so it matched up a lot better than the basketball game. So... It would have been this. So this episode aired. Um, this episode aired in on. Uh, sorry, this episode aired June twenty first, nineteen ninety. So actually, wow! How did we not realize that we are recording this thirty years and a day later? Wow! Holy shit! That's really cool. Uh, didn't even notice that. But it was filmed in March, so that was kind of like my. I was looking between March and June of nineteen ninety, and like. The closest I got 
was there was an Aerosmith show in New York, and I'm and I'm pulling it up because it was it was in New York, but it was like an hour outside of New York. But that was the only band in that time frame, so I'm pretty sure that it was an Aerosmith concert. Let me see if I can. I just always took like Kramer going to the rock concert as just another you know Kramer being Kramer just being just a quirky thing that he he gets into um I I guess we do see him uh dance to some rock music later on in some TV auditions <clears throat> and he rocks out in that pretty hard He does tend to rock I mean, out they, in pretty hard I I've seen they gifts literally of tear it the place since, down you know um, I put it in a video that I made about Kramer. So, so, so it doesn't, doesn't seem like it would be, you know, thoroughly outside of his, outside of his wheelhouse. Is this the first, like, well, I guess it's not the first, like, quirky kind of, he, he's, he's, he's had the entrepreneurship ideas already and we we know he's kind of a weird person but this is kind of the first thing we really hear of him doing outside of the apartment well we, going outside the apartment yes so this is like really the first time i mean jerry makes a comment in the pilot yeah i've been out of the building in 15 years and they pretty quickly sweep that under the rug and say no this dude's got to leave the building or else he's his character's dead on arrival they um yeah, this is really the first kind of time we hear about Kramer going outside the building and doing something. Um, still looking up that. Where is You're it? good. Where is it? Um, see, Middleton, New York. That's what it was. Ah. Uh, it was Aerosmith, June 19th, 1990. Aerosmith and the Black Crows at Orange County Speedway in Middleton, New York, which is about an hour, hour and a half outside of, uh, I want to say north of uh, Manhattan. But they did play some shows in Pennsylvania the previous three nights. So it could stand to reason he went to one of those shows. Because I know Philadelphia is only a couple hours away from New York City. Um, definitely, like, I mean, I've driven two and a half hours to go to a music festival, you know, in the state of Texas. So that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. But, yeah, my my in my Seinfeld canon, Kramer went to a Aerosmith show. And met a bunch of anarchists and wanted to know if they could sleep in his bed. Are anarchists really at an Aerosmith concert, though? In 1987, maybe. 1987, maybe. Eh, maybe. I mean, anarchists are pretty anti-capitalist, but I can just, music is really their only I can just remember, like, like even, like, as a kid, my my thought of, like, Aerosmith fans, which would have been in the early to mid-90s, my thoughts of an Aerosmith fan were, like, my parents. <laughs> I, no, I gotcha. Yeah, same, same here. I mean, I grew up listening to it, so my parents were Aerosmith yeah, fans. Yeah, like, like, my mom loved... Like the fucking Stones, like she, like she loved the Rolling Stones. Like even like my my thought of like a Rolling Stones fan at that time was my parents. Your parents definitely are the first thing from anarchists I've ever met. It, so. See exactly. So I never like I just have these like like I respect the greatness as rock bands, but I don't think of them as anarchists. Like I would. Like, like maybe, like, if you're like, oh, yeah, he went to, like, a Motley Crue concert. I'd be like, okay, those are some, like, degenerate type of people. 
Yeah, they weren't in the area. I looked that up. Uh, uh, well, I think Aerosmith. I'm I not think gonna, like I'm not let accountants you know. and people who just love rock. I'm not going to let your uh, your gatekeeping of anarchist music prevent myself from thinking that Kramer went to an Aerosmith concert. That's that's what happened in my mind. All right, bet. I can't change it. <laughs> uh, back to your point of like kooky Kramer stuff. Uh, we do get the rollout tie dispenser idea uh, in yeah. this episode. Uh, you get a little mustard, you know. Whoop! There you go. Um, I do have I do have a time code note if you have the episode up, which you mentioned you might. At nine minutes and ten seconds, uh, after Kramer does make the anarchist comment about you know using their bed, uh, Jerry goes to pick up the phone, and you can see both uh, Jerry and Michael Richards sort of breaking. Like Richards looks like he's giggling because he got Jerry to. To Jerry to break, uh, but they recover pretty quickly. Richards walks kind of to the back of the apartment, and Jerry tightens it up when he um, when when he answers the phone. Um, and that's pretty much the end of that scene. Just Kramer shitting all over Jerry and coming up with ideas. Um, and we we still don't get quite quite the break because we we just roll over onto another scene. Yeah, right, right into the dry cleaners. So this is a new, a new location. Um, this is a scene that they had wanted to put earlier in the season, and then that scene ended up being changed to the bank scene that we saw with George and the pennies and that dope sweater he wears. Um, Which really, when, really, if you're trying to compare the two scenes, you really could just replace one with one of the other, and it really fits fine. They're both just kind of dated, kind of dull jokes, like, really just kind of filler scenes, just kind of further along, a little bit of plot. There's just nothing, there's no Seinfeldness about it until they try and force a little Seinfeldness, in my opinion. Well, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Speaking of sweaters and George's in a great sweater polo combo. Um, he's very animated in this scene, though. Like he's he's being more Larry David like, less of that Woody Allen character mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. we've discussed him playing. Um, an Iron Lung reference in 1990. I mean, even then, that's a dated joke. There's there's. Uh, you know who goes to the doctor to rest lots of people like what you were talking about some of these jokes are just pretty flat like people go to the doctor all the time for a rest these days like mental health is a big thing people are aware of um i think the the top line from george in the scene is when jerry moves up george doesn't realize it and the lady gets in line and he makes that awkward comment of boy do i have to go to the bathroom george keep that shit to yourself bro <laughs> <laughs> like why would you say that to jerry jerry's gonna tell you uh, okay. Bro, bro, I mean, bro, there are definitely times where, like, you and I are, like, in line or something, and I'm like, yo, bro, I gotta poop. You know? That's okay. I mean, to me, that's funnier than just saying, boy, do I have to get to a bathroom. Like... Well, no, he's just being a little bit more... A little more PC, uh, I guess, but that's... I don't know. Network, I just... But... It's... I get... Well, yeah, yeah, you gotta be PC on the network, but I just... I don't know. Like, as as... Lame as that joke is, it's really the only one that kind of pops me. I, I and to be honest, I've never had an issue with a dry cleaner ruining my clothes. Like no, it just has never happened I've, for me. I've had more more issues with me ruining my clothes than, than a dry cleaner ruining my clothes. 
so the whole idea of you know getting the 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 dry cleaner to to say you know he shrunk it and he's got a point no receipt no apology dude if you can't prove that i shrunk it like you could be going around and scamming all the dry cleaners like that being said that's a pretty obvious thing i did date a girl for a little bit who did work in a dry cleaner for a little bit and from what she told me she would have to deal with a lot of these people coming in saying that they ruined uh their clothes or this price was wrong that price was wrong but, like, maybe it just could have been, you know, the type of people that either worked there or that came into that place. I don't know. I personally never had an issue. Um, I've always been thankful. One little full, so my full circle note from earlier, the guy who plays the dry cleaner is from Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, look at there. Another uh, Tejan. Tejano. Yes. Yeah. So uh, just – you know, Vanessa being from Maryland, the drag cleaner from Corpus Christi. It's a couple little personal connections for us in this episode nice. that I found was pretty funny. Um, so that scene just kind of is there and it kind of ends. There's really nothing much to it. Um, so before we get into this next stand-up, uh, the notes about nothing had some really good had some really good Larry David points. All right, um, hit me. And you know, we haven't talked too much about LD other than him getting that bonus. Uh, after the third episode but you know larry david born july 2nd 1947 graduated from the university of maryland i mean look at there uh something i did not know until go terps until i yeah until i watched it go terps he was um he he wanted to do some stand-up comedy so he went to some open mic nights and he was discovered at an improv club he's best described as a comedian's comedian somebody that the general public is unimpressed with but other comedians like come to see because you know he he like tells stories from a comedian's perspective whereas some comedians tell jokes from like you know an average person's perspective so comedians like really really loved him uh did you ever hear of the snl ripoff fridays uh by abc Uh, I have, but only, but not because of Larry David. I didn't know until you just said that that Larry David was a part of it. I have heard of it. Yeah. Uh, oh, name some other talents that have come from there because I I know it from somebody. Well, the only other one I can think of is Michael Richards because that's where Larry David met Michael Richards. And that might be it. But I, I think there are some other like new that 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 New York kind of East Coast kind comic crew. Mm-hmm. Definitely on that more. Maybe I'll have to find some Fridays uh, videos on YouTube and do some deep dives. Uh, but he did join SNL in uh, the 1984-1985 season, but only had one sketch air, and it was the last 10 minutes of the episode is when it aired, so like nobody was watching it. Uh, but after that, he, in 1988, after a show... Um, Jerry Seinfeld uh, said, hey, man, you want to go get a bite at this deli around the corner? And they sat there just kind of, you know, riffing on just life in general. And Jerry had actually just signed his deal uh, with NBC and was kind of discussing with Larry David, you know, man, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Like, it's a show. I don't I mean, they want to do a show about a comedian. Like, I don't really know. And they were laughing about something, and I wish I had written it down in my notes, just as they were laughing. 
And he pointed out that the conversation they were having would be great for the show. And if you've made it to season four and you've seen the episode The Pitch, very, very, very much like what happened in real life. Maybe not word for word, but the idea of just Jerry sitting there going, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And then salsa, 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 all of that. You know, they were giggling and, you know, George as Larry goes, hey, man, this is the show. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, kind of in the, the same, same form, I, I think I've also heard that, uh, the 1982 film Diner was also kind of an inspiration. Um, just that there were, there were scenes in, in Diner that were just them having a conversation at a diner just about life events and everything. Um, yeah, that was, it sounds boring, but it's what people do. Um, yeah, and I, I, eventually that's what becomes, like we've talked about before, just kind of like almost accepted isn't the word, but just kind of like commonplace for a lot of like sitcoms mm-hmm. in the future. Um, I mean, Friends had the Coffee Shop. Friends had the Coffee Shop. It was just kind of their place. Uh, How I Met Your Mother had the bar. Uh, was it M- McLaren's or McLaggins or... Michigan's, I don't remember what it was. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some other shows that I watched. But that just that, that like, idea that like that like we need some area to relate, and like that area to relate really more realistic than anything is just that like bullshitting with your friends just over a beer or over a cup of coffee. You know, so that that kind of helps put it more in a realistic light than. Yeah, it takes these fantasy characters and puts them in a human environment. Exactly. Exactly disease. Yeah. So, you know, Jerry brings Larry David onto the show. Larry David, after the third episode, gets moved to executive producer and basically said, man, I know you've never done this before, but we trust you. You're doing such a great job. And, I mean, to this day, Larry David is, like, one of the top five, like, most wealthy comedians strictly off of Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, there are people who work i mean how many movies has kevin hart done in the last 20 years and larry david's like me yeah just a couple of shows i had to star in one but you know uh which isn't curb coming back for another season like good lord dude yeah it's okay man you can you can you 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 can you can retire and enjoy your retirement i'm just playing i love i love curb i love larry david but it's like at at a certain point you almost like like just let it be, man. Like I love you, but like let it be. Yeah, he's still working strong. Yeah, I mean, born nineteen forty seven, he's old. Like, like I want my, I want like the people I enjoy to just enjoy your retirement, man. Like I don't want to hear about you dying on set or something because you're ninety five years old trying to do a fucking physical, a physical bit of falling down the stairs or some shit. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's that's, uh, that's Larry David. I mean, there's definitely more out there uh, about him, but I just found like the uh, the info about Fridays and SNL interesting, and then you know the deli scene or you know sit down at the deli is just very much like uh, season four in that in that episode. Um, so on to our second stand up. Now, one thing, if you if you sit down and you just binge this whole season, which should take you like you know about two hours, if that. You'll notice from the first episode to this episode, I mean, we had one stand-up to lead, and then we had four scenes before our second stand-up. They're definitely trying to parse those out. 
you can almost see they're trying to figure out where do these stand-ups need to go, where, you know, they do all these uh, stand-up acts after they shoot, and they'll do them all, like, you know, back to back to back to back because they have to build the set. And so they kind of already know what they're going to be talking about. But, I mean, if, if you watch the first episode with the 37 and a half stand-ups that had after every scene, you're like, man, they're really spreading them out here. Um, and I don't know if I liked it where it was at on this one. And, and maybe it, it was just not the location of it, but the execution of it. But I feel like this one was just kind of forced. I feel like it was kind yeah. of forced to tie everything in together like the whole dry cleaning scene it just seems so random in this episode this episode about stocks and i know jerry and george are talking about it a little bit in the dry cleaners but it just that doesn't really seem to be what the scene is about so they have to kind of beef it up with this joke about dry cleaners i feel like you could have done a stand-up after the third scene you know talking about a friend with crazy schemes or um you know, even something about a rock concert, or or even um, or even something about actually investing money, because this is what this episode is supposed to be about. Um, but yeah, I just just a weird just a weird stand up about dry cleaners in the middle of this episode. Um, there was uh, I learned from the notes about nothing. There was an extra joke in this that was cut for time, and it said it would be awkward to go to a party and see your dry cleaner in your clothes. Uh, which they do an entire scene. They do an entire episode about in season six, about a dry cleaner wearing his clothes. They do. So I, yeah. So it's it's just so funny that they just come up with these ideas and they're just looking for the right spots to put them in. This next shot is actually this next scene. You're actually going to see an exterior shot of Jerry's New York apartment, and if you look close enough, the building has extra reinforcement fixtures inside some of those like inset like not even windows but there's like that inset on the building and that's because jerry's apartment exterior is actually in downtown los angeles <laughs> yeah and I, I found that pretty funny like all that that I, all this time i was like i wonder what building i wonder if that really is on west 81st street or if there is a a building like that in new york and nope nope it's in la uh we learned Elaine is not a cat person. She very, very, very much is anti-feline. Uh, she's <laughs> anti-all dogs. I think as we watch more and more of this series, uh, we're going to be discussing, uh, you know, some animal rights stuff that the gang maybe should be a little more aware of. Uh, she's asking how much it would be to rub out a cat. A man on a cat. Yeah, it's like... These are these are the things that are just so unrealistic in the dating world. Like, I if if you've got if he's got a cat and you're allergic to it, there's a couple solutions. You take an antihistamine or you break up with the guy. The idea that you like this guy so much you want to murder his cat just seems so far fetched to me that it kind of takes you out of it. And the joke is just kind of eh. Like I don't I don't like the idea of rubbing out cats and thinking that that's something that's kind of funny like, i don't I either but it wasn't enough for me to be like oh this scene's garbage now because of this i don't necessarily think the scene's garbage it just kind of takes me out of it to where i'm just like okay can you know we really move on uh and then kramer comes in ninth uh ninth and final entrance of the season uh and then he um 
lost my train of thought. So he so he comes in with his last entrance of the still, season. Still loving it. Still still enjoying himself. And he uh, he goes and he's he's just you know being a dick and you know how much money have you lost now and uh, then he runs over to the window and this is so weird like he just runs over to the window and he's sitting there and he's creep shotting on a woman. And decides that he's gonna go run downstairs after her, and uh, as he does this, I believe Elaine has excused herself to the bathroom, and after Kramer leaves, George comes in, and I, I wanted to point this out that all four have not been in the apartment together, in the same sort of scene. Now in the robbery, George is in the bathroom when Kramer enters, but we really haven't gotten that everybody's all together yet scene like you know we'll get scenes like that of them in the booth and everything like that uh i just found it interesting that you know season one they're not trying to just force everything all together they're really trying to give each of the characters some space to work with each other um that's true yeah i didn't think about that i didn't really i didn't note that that's a good thought I, i wonder if that was by design or just happy accident I, I would almost assume, and this is all conjecture and based on my own anal, overanalyzing, I would think it has more to do with, you know, you want Jerry to be the focus, so you want Jerry to interact with all these people, but maybe they hadn't quite figured out how you want George and Kramer. Because we've gotten, like, a couple little George and Kramer bits, you know, when when that first pilot episode, and he brings the dog, you know, the dog that we never see again, and George is like, I'm aware of you, and he seems really uncomfortable. wonder if Elaine had a problem with that dog, too. Yeah, right. Um, but then yeah, maybe that's what happened. She she snubbed out the dog. But when Kramer comes in, you see his interactions with Elaine. They're much more cordial and friendly. They don't have like a full-blown conversation, but he's like, hey, Elaine. She's like, what's up, Kramer? None of this awkward, like, oh, I need to get out of here and, and, and get this dude out of my face. Um did you did you read or uh, did you come across any practical jokes that occurred in this scene by Jason Alexander? Uh, no, I did not. So I'll take I'll take things you can't do in 2020 for 500, Alex. Uh, so apparently after Kramer runs downstairs to go, you know, accost the woman on the street like a creep, he, he when when the uh, th- there was an unscripted uh, re-entrance by him and he brings up the woman in a trench coat and secretly Jason Alexander had set it up as a joke on Jerry and she begins basically stripping on stage and right as she got down to a G-string the director yelled cut so yes a funny little bit from the 90s but you could not get away with that these days yeah, you People probably couldn't do that sh- in the live show in a live show, oh god no, not with an audience and stuff like that. But maybe, I mean, maybe they did. Maybe there was a live audience for that scene. Uh, but I think it was, I mean, it was a practical joke. Everything I read about it is nobody, it didn't make anybody uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it didn't. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember. I think Elaine in this scene ends up going back to the bathroom at a certain point. Uh, I do remember that because she comes out with this obnoxiously long tissue that as a, uh, as a, buyer of my own tp would make me mad if i saw one of my friends yeah, working out with like 37 squares of tissue but too many squares that i don't have enough to spare sweetheart right uh, so i just i found that interesting that that was something that you know you could do on a tv set in the 90s you bring a stripper in to mess with your friends and stuff like that but i don't 
unless everybody else is in on the joke, I just don't think you could do something like that in 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 today's more aware world of what makes people uncomfortable. Um, but George, you know, back back to the actual substance of the scene, you know, George once once Kramer and Elaine have sort of removed themselves, George and Jerry kind of uh, discuss George's little trip down to the hospital. And how that did not go very well for him. No, I didn't really get anything done. I asked to leave several times, angrily. It just wasn't good. It wasn't a good trip. Jerry's upset. He's not getting answers. He, you know, doesn't want to go uh, to Vermont with Vanessa and be worried about the stock the whole time. So, you know, he just decides, I'm out. I got to get out of this. I don't want to worry about it. I want to go have a good time with my lady friend. Just, 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 I'm selling. I'm selling. And he's out. And that takes us to Jerry and Vanessa in Vermont. Oh, and um, rainy Vermont. Rainy, boring Vermont. I, yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, this would be so awkward and so boring just to be... And I think they even set, set this place up. I mean, if you look at like the, the decor and everything that they have for this set, everything just seems so old and boring. And I think like there's there's no way you can imagine on a rainy day having any kind of good time. You mean you didn't find the separate faucets for the hot and cold charming? No. <laughs> I. I love that, just that particular line, because it says a lot about what Jerry thinks women want, because, well, Elaine found it charming, so obviously this next woman is going to find it charming, which obviously Vanessa didn't, you know, Vanessa's her own person, she's going to have her own likes and dislikes, and instead of sort of figuring out what she may like, you know, maybe maybe she wanted to go to the Poconos, and not Vermont. Uh, <laughs> so... I could definitely, I definitely love how sort of just doofy Jerry is and not realizing that, you know, just because Elaine thought something was charming doesn't mean every woman in the world is going to find this charming. Did you catch, uh, did you catch that the manager of the bed and breakfast is the infamous Norman? N- no, I, I didn't. So do you know who I'm talking about, right? Norman. He's the extra that appears, you know, all throughout the seasons and is like there's a whole there's a whole tracker on the notes about nothing about where's Norman and stuff like that uh, to the point where I didn't pick it up until this this actual episode. But he's the bed and breakfast manager when when Jerry's like, do you there's the manager. Do you want me to go ask him? And oh, yeah. Like, no, I'm looking at him now. I definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you recognize him from a bunch of episodes. Uh, so I'll, I'll be trying to point that. Like I said, he's already – this is like his second or third appearance already, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I'll be I'll be trying to uh, track those. Um, there's a couple more thoughts on Vanessa. I don't think she was wearing perfume. I think she's got some kind of scented ointment that – it's, unco- it's some kind of antifungal. Like, there's, it, it's not a perfume, and she's uncomfortable and doesn't want to tell Jerry what it is. Like, I don't think it's a perfume. That's my theory. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be. I, I didn't take anything of it as just being annoying. Um, just I'm, her upset and not wanting to talk to Jerry? Yeah, I didn't put a whole, whole lot of thought into it. Uh, um <laughs> 
I, I mean, he, everything clearly. He he has he does deal with some some fungal ointment later on, so maybe that's, that's what I'm saying, man. Like all these all these little tidbits, they all lead somewhere. Um, now, despite her, you know, like I can understand her not wanting to explain why she smells the way that she does. Uh, but her line of like, you know, you lost money in the stock market, and that's why we're staying here. That's that's low. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's that's a low shot. Be, he's allowed to be upset that a fluctuating stock market kind of, you know, clearly Jerry's not cut out for stocks uh, with his neuroses, but the idea that she's gonna low blow him like that, I mean, it's it's basically her final. I told you so. The market fluctuates. I know the market fluctuates. I just got fluctuated out of $8,000. That's a Hyundai. <laughs> it's a Hyundai. That's next scene. But uh, I just I saw I saw it there and I had to I had to I had to say it. But yeah, it's just it's a shitty thing for her to say. Like if she doesn't like the place, just be like, "Hey, I really didn't like it here." Like I don't think it has anything to do with Jerry losing money. Uh, and that awkward moment of just having the countdown of like how much longer do like do I have to bear this? Can I why, get why out of it? Why would you just leave early? Yeah, like, hey, can we just can we just call this a wrap? Like, can we just yeah, cut your losses? There's yeah. no point in staying there for an extra, what is it? Is it like 46 hours or something like that? Uh, I mean, hours? maybe there's hope that the weather clears up and you guys can get back to things, but nah. It, it, to me, like, if my wife said something like that, I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, we're going. I'm done. I don't need to be here anymore. If you if you clearly don't like it that bad, we'll go. Uh. But I'm pretty good about picking places, so... Uh, oh, pat yourself on the shoulder, why don't yeah. you? Yeah, well, I, I, I'd say in in, in all, all of our time together, there's I've picked out one bad hotel. I've picked out one bad hotel. And I just, I wasn't aware of uh, where I was booking this location. And, you know, when you walk into a hotel room that's supposed to be non-smoking and it smells of cigarettes, like, you go, maybe this wasn't the best place. But it's like 8.30 in the evening, and Cowboys-Eagles are on, and I just want to <laughs> fucking sit down and watch this game. True story. So we can pretty much assume that the end of the Jerry-Vanessa relationship is at the end of that scene. Uh, so next uh, next and final scene, you know, <laughs> fucking George. Fucking George, chiefing on a cigar, uh, hanging out. Big Daddy, George. man. Big Daddy George, George, Jerry, and Elaine in a at the center table. I love that center table. Just like makes makes George feel like he's holding court over everybody who's in the restaurant, not just his friends at the table. I love it. I love it when George <laughs> is on high. He he definitely is flying real close to the, to the sun here, but it, it it's really really good. I I, I think it's hysterical the way he walks around the diner like he owns it. Just for making a little bit of money, and then when he when he asked for the check back to see how much he tipped, if it was right or not, and he takes the money back. Oh my god, I die! I die! I'm 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 calling it. It's the full Costanza. Like this scene is where Jason Alexander completes his transformation into George Costanza. Yeah. Just the way he talks, his mannerisms, eat, eat. Uh, the way he, you know, gestures with the cigar. He's talking to, you know, randos at the bar. And, uh, you know, one of the few times we actually see him, I guess, I guess because he picks up the check, it isn't a full Costanza. 
Uh, but to your point, yes, when he asks for it back and is like, oh, you know, that's a little too much. And if he knows, what does he take, like a dollar, two dollars? Yeah. Like, I can understand if he wants to pull a ten back because it's like, oh, wow, that's a little, oh, let me pull that back. But, like, it's two dollars, bro. You just made eight grand. Like, you just made, it's a Hyundai. And you're like, I need this two dollars. That's that's the full Costanza. He's just so cheap. It's so cheap. It's so great. In fact, you don't know this yet because I haven't marked it, but I'm marking it eight right now. To me, this is one. This is top five Costanza moment or top five Costanza episode. Just for the simple the fact that I know there's not a whole lot of him in this episode, really. But the moments that he's in there, he's golden. And this is one of the few times we're actually going to see him on top. Right? There are some... True, true. He Very few episodes finish with him on top. There are some hints of the of the come down, you know, like like those seeds for him to be brought back to Earth are planted. But the way it ends is he's on top of the world. And you don't you don't get that. So this is just just, just for that rarity alone, this is top five. Top seven. Well, this is gonna be top five. Oh wow, you're putting it in the top five. Top five. Uh very very interesting uh, I would not have called that from from you like I'm 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 pretty set on knowing that all of my tops are coming in uh, future seasons but well I I, uh, I had it written down because I was going to uh, this might be a little too uh, too insider baseball but this is the second time that we recorded uh, ah. this episode um, we didn't quite get to this point last time because of some technical difficulties on my end um, I'll take the blame for it uh, oh, good. I guess uh, that is true. I, I was a little, I was, I was a little surprised to hear that. But know, I, but, I had, I'd had it all for a big surprise that night, and I was gonna put it in, and because of the technical difficulties, I just hadn't got to it yet. But here oh, it well, is on my sheet. So here I am now. Market eight, dude. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so George tries to loop him into one more investment scheme. Uh, something about a robot butcher. Tramco. And, and that's, yeah, Tramco. Uh, and that leads us into the last, the last stand-up. Jerry talking about investing, and man, I don't get it either. I've tried to do a little investing on Robinhood. I made like thirty dollars. You know where I invest, Alex? Where do you invest, CJ? I invest in myself. You invest in yourself. That's 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 a good uh, that's a good philosophy. I think more people should uh, should should uh, follow such. So when you see that big screen TV sitting up there on the shelf, invest in yourself. That sounds more like treat yourself. Oh. (laughs) Well, you know, tomato, tomato. That is true. You could also consider a treat uh, treat yourself as an investment in yourself. Um, You know, I I feel like we kind of gave this episode a little bit of the, uh, the rundown. In terms of shitting all over it, kind of like uh, Kramer in his pursuit of annoying Jerry. Oh, but really? I really I, did... I I really enjoy this episode. Like like we said at the very beginning, too. it's it's a it's a great way to end it. It's a great way to end the season. You, you have a lot of what Seinfeld becomes. You have a lot of what the characters become. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it ends funny, and you're like, oh man, that's a good show. Like. Like you said earlier, I now want to see that again when it comes back. Yeah, agreed. 
I just I I know I've sort of given it sort of a a bit of a a beating, but I did enjoy. It. I mean, I gave this episode a four on my on my ratings. And there's and I mean last there's last no rush was for yeah, this episode. Last episode like... was male on bonding, and I gave it a four point four. So I, I I put this up there in a really in a really high standing with it. Now unlike you, I'm not putting it on any any top seven list, but uh, uh for George, yeah. Well, just in general, just uh, you know, because I've got them all listed out here, I wouldn't put it on a uh, on a person and get them hooked. But uh, I, I'm I'm I, I see where your I see where your opinion opinion lies on that. Where you know he doesn't generally come out on top. Technically, he should have been arrested for insider trading, but he didn't. He wasn't uh, made out with eight grand. You know, I definitely have him as the winner of this episode. Oh, for sure. Uh, it uh, it was good. I mean, even the the Seinfeld Chronicles, the pilot episode, they re-aired it after this because there was a, a, a almost a full year gap between the pilot and these these four episodes. So they wanted to end this summer run with the pilot, and they they aired they re-aired it with updated music and titles because you know as we've discussed before. Uh, Jeff Epstein, sorry, bro, you are uh, not uh, not the greatest sound guy in the world, and uh, unfortunately, they did replace you to uh, by Jonathan Wolf. But it actually achieved achieved a higher rating uh, than than the the pilot did on its original run. And I know we've we've talked a, a bunch about ratings uh, in previous episodes, and not so much recently. But I find that interesting that. People were so like, oh, I'd seen this show, and a year later we're getting more. And then people wanted to see, you know, more Seinfeld that they were willing to rewatch, you know, a pilot that was a year old uh, after they'd already seen these new episodes. And I think that really proved that this was going to be a successful show. The fact that you can air a pilot at the end of the season, a year after it's aired. And it's going to get a higher rating than it did. And you've got all your updated musics and everything. And you want everything to be nice and smooth. That it just... it It's that it's... You look back and like, what were the signs that this show was going to be great? That's one of them right there. That To me, that's one of them right there. That it was going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with. That people were going to tune in, you know, week in and week out. And make it the greatest, you know, sitcom of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you, you kind of hit everything there. I, um, I enjoy it. I gave it, I'm going to give it four cups. You didn't ask me about my cups, but I give it four cups. Oh my bad. Well, hey, I, I think that's the first time we've agreed on a cup rating. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it has it has its moments, it has its room for improvement. There are some times where it's just kind of flat. But I mean, overall, we agree it's it's good. It's funny. We enjoy watching it. Yeah. Well, happy season. Happy season. That is the stock tip. That is season one. Oh five. Uh, oh no, episode oh five. Ha ha. See, I did it at the end here. You did it at the beginning. I did it at the end. Just more bookends. Uh, season two is going to be a great season. This. Uh, to me season two is really where you start i mean things really take off and every episode is just season two is definitely the hooker season 
it, yeah, it's, one banger after another, man. It's a season that that definitely starts to really show you what the show can become and really show you its its excellence. And then it really starts to steamroll, and you get a little bit more continuity, and you you get a little bit more world bending after season two. Uh, mm-hmm. But season two just kind of show it, it. It really spotlights the main yeah, four, and it's it's great. I mean, it, it, it's, it's once we get into uh, yeah, this is what you're talking about with world, the world building. Season two is definitely going to expand um, the group and the, the the world that they live in. Uh, I, I I'm really excited for it. I've got I know there's at least one episode that's making it to the top 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 list like. It's one of the best episodes of all time, and I, I don't even have to. You already know which one it is. I do. But, but, uh, yeah. So one person isn't so, too happy about that episode, but 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 we'll get to that then. I mean, shit happens, right? <laughs> and 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 it, and it's funny that what we're talking about kind of we already discussed it just a little bit in this episode. So uh, you're gonna have to wait, maybe six weeks before you get a conclusion on that one uh but the next episode will be season two episode one the ex-girlfriend uh jerry cj i don't know sometimes uh she is good looking though i cannot that's uh that's tawny katayan dude oh man yeah tawny katayan is go no i apologize tawny katayan is the woman jerry meets in an elevator This ex-girlfriend is actually George's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, this is George's uh, ex-girlfriend. But that's enough teases. They don't need any more teases. Ah. Especially if I'm giving out wrong actress names. Enough teases, you. But, uh, you know, this is the show. We're not changing it. It hasn't changed thus far. And I don't think we're going to change it thus forward because that's our, uh, that's our artistic integrity. Ooh, I've got a plug. I actually have a plug because we didn't have it. For the first few episodes, plug it. I'm gonna plug. I'm gonna plug the Twitter. Plug we the Twitter. Twitter. Plug the Twitter. We are on Twitter. This underscore is the show. Uh, if you, uh, I, I know nobody follows uh, either of us individually, but uh, yes, follow us. You'll be bombarded with Seinfeld memes. We'll we'll throw Seinfeld and, gifts up there constantly. We we, we will. And, if if you're looking to add some Seinfeld to your day, we can inject a little Seinfeld into your day. Yes, uh, this underscore is the show. Uh, you get all the updates when we post new episodes, and you know, add us, throw us a DM, chat with us. We love Seinfeld. We love all things Seinfeld. You want to chat about the actors who are ever in Seinfeld? You know, any any fringe person that you ever mention you know just because brian cranston is is uh walter white doesn't mean he wasn't first tim watley like let's let's talk some tim watley people any but any 90s nostalgia that that this brings you discuss that we trust me we we nostalgize me especially over the 90s as much as possible so if 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 anything in these shows stand out to you at us and bring that up, and we will gladly discuss that with you, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure we have many things that can relate. Yeah, so Bet. that's uh, that's all we got. Cap it. Follow us on Twitter. This is the show. I'm Alex Lee. I'm CJ Ward. That, that, that was a good season one. We'll see you in season two. See ya.